Welcome to the Playful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Growing up, I struggled with my weight, self-confidence, and body image, and like many in my teens, I developed an eating disorder, I battled codependent behavior, and it all affected my mental health. As the years went by, I learned and grew in healing, and I found serenity, really in empowering others to let go of their pasts and to embrace their own leadership in their health and well-being. Now it is my mission as a coach, author, speaker, and podcast host to inspire and empower you to live your best, most playful life. On this podcast, you will hear from our guests about their personal struggles and breakthroughs in their health, careers, and relationships. You'll also receive tips, knowledge, and inspiration to tackle your own health goals and start living the dreams on your heart. Ready? Let's play. Welcome back to the Playful Life Podcast. I'm so happy you're joining me today. This conversation with Joe DiBianca is going to change your life. It's probably going to make you think about things that maybe you really haven't thought about in a long time. But as Joe and I talk about really recognizing some of the things in your life that maybe you've glossed over or haven't really thought much about, are the important things that you need to bring to the surface in order to heal, in order to grow, in order to make true transformations happen in your life. Joe is a coach that works with people overcoming addiction, wanting to step into entrepreneurship, wanting to gain control and success of their life. And he has such an incredible story of overcoming a lot of trauma and addiction in his life and I'm just so grateful for this conversation and I honor him for his openness, his honesty and all of the amazing gold information that he shared in this episode. Enjoy. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Crystal. It is so wonderful to connect with you this morning. How are you doing? Good to connect with you. I am doing fabulous. Thank you. Good to be here today. Good, good. Well, uh, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me and have this conversation on the Playful Life podcast. Uh, let's just jump right in. So I got to know you, Joe, uh, mostly on social media, but we connected through some success coaching uh, that I had been a part of, and that is... I would say very much what I think you do is coach people to be successful, uh, entrepreneurs in particular. So uh, I'm curious how you came to do that sort of thing in this world. So I am an, I'm an addictions success coach. That's what separates me from everyone else. So what that means is we all have these, and some people may not like to hear this, but we're all emotionally addicted to a set of feelings that we based on past events. So basically people, they drag their past into their present and it affects their future, but they don't know that they're doing it. So this is why, like, if you ever felt like you're stuck and you don't know why, and I've been in that place, you feel like you're not moving forward, you're spinning your wheels. This is why, because emotionally there are blocks. 
So we have to go in and show you where those blocks are. You have, so you have a clear understanding of why you do what you do. And that's once we see it. And once we see where the problems are, then we can change them. Then we can change them. So that's a little bit about what I do. And you asked me how I got into it. So, I mean, I remember I was stuck for a long time and I didn't know why. And I, I've been an entrepreneur since the day I was born because that's the way I was conditioned by my dad and his brothers. The fear of God was instilled in me from a small child never to work for anyone else. It was bad. It was evil. That was my conditioning. So my uncle Tony, who was a great entrepreneur, and I would, I would spend the summers with him in Southern California, and I would go and I would spend the summer. And he had multiple businesses and I would ride in the trucks and I would visit all his businesses. And all the time he would tell me the same thing, Joe, because he had this accent, he had this California accent, Joe, here's what an employee does every day, Joe. And he would pick up the nearest object and he would go like this. Joe, do you want to do that every day, Joe? And I would go, no, Uncle Tone, I don't want to do that. But this is what was instilled in my head. So I didn't have a prayer of ever working for anybody, right? So that's where it started. Then I got in my first network marketing company, MLM, my Hi. first network marketing company. Spent two and a half years there in that company. It was amazing, great experience made this much money, nothing, but that doesn't matter because I was in a great company and I learned so, so much. But in that company, there was, a, there was I went 365 days, one year without making a sale. I could not close my ass with both hands. But that, did, that didn't stop me because I would have still stayed there and banged my head against the wall. I'm that guy. I don't quit. A friend of mine from that company invited me to an outside event where my mentor was speaking. And I walked into the room that day and he was talking about trauma, emotional addictions, why we do what we do, self-sabotage. And I said, oh my God, this is the man I was looking for. And, and I said in that event that day, I said affirmations. Now, Crystal, here's the funny thing. I didn't know what an affirmation was then. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> but I said to myself, I am going to hire this man. I am going to be his friend. And he's going to invite me to his home. And all of that happened very, very, very fast. Times 10. Awesome. So I hired him. We became best friends really fast. And then he began to fly me around the country on his dime. Not many people know this. He began to fly me around the country to meet him at different events. I, I've been to 115 of his events. That's a fanatic. But yeah. I knew in order to get close to this man, I was going to have to keep showing up at these events. So he then began to invest in me. Not only that, but he flew me back and forth to his home in Northern California on his dime, where 
I learned how to do what he does. And that information is private. How I learned that, I swore never to share with anyone. Yeah. So that is how, and I didn't have any intentions of becoming an addiction success coach. The only thing I knew at that time, Crystal, is that I wanted to be next to this man. I wanted to be near him and it didn't matter. I just had to be close to him. And that's, I followed that. I followed that, that intuition on the inside that you got to get close to this guy. You got to get, stay really close to him. And that's what I did. So I'm, I'm interested because it, it, it sounds like growing up, you had a lot of entrepreneurs in your family and which is very different, I think, than a lot of people's story, right? A lot of people are sort of fed that uh, go to college, get a degree, you're going to get a job, it's going to pay you this much, right? The, the 40, 40, 40 uh, lie, right? <laughs> that we, uh, you know, do. So um, I'm curious, how did you know or, or what told you maybe in your heart or your mind that this mentor in your life was different than the other people who had, you know, come before in your family sort of telling you, no, be an entrepreneur and set your own path and this and that, right? Because um, there were obviously other people in your life that influenced you. So what was the difference? How could you tell that you had found a mentor? Because he, he, he started, he showed me where I was stuck and why I was stuck. And when, when somebody was able to show me that now I knew what, what I had to begin to change. And everything that had to change was on the inside. Everything that had to change was all those limiting beliefs, because look, let's put, let's put the truth right on the table. We have all been traumatized, whether you want to admit it or not in some way, shape or form, emotionally, physically, or sexually, I happen to get really lucky and all three happened to me. So, so we've all been traumatized, but people don't realize it. And I remember for years, I would say, I would look back at my event, the specifically the sexual molestation in my life. And I would say, why did this have to happen to me? Why me? Why me? Well, I got my answer when I started to heal. Why me? Because I'm the chosen one. Because I'm, I'm the chosen one, because I had to go through all that to become the coach and the mentor I am today. Because when I have someone come on a call with me because of my age, I'm 50, I'll be 53 in a couple of weeks. I'm not some young kid who decided he was going to read Letting Go and decided he was going to coach people. I, I have lots of story in my life. I've been through a lot. So, so it was, it was, that's how I, that's how that, that's how that came to be. That's how that came to be. So the, yeah. the gift, when I asked myself, why me? I got my answer because what turned out to be what was once the greatest tragedy of my life turned out to be the greatest gift of my life. Because I get to say five powerful words to people. And this is where therapists are not trained because therapists don't share their personal stories. They listen. They listen, but they don't share their personal stories. I'm able to say to this person, or you, if you're coaching with me, I know how you feel. Because I've been through so much trauma and turmoil in my life. Most of the time, I've been there and done that when I'm coaching a client. Yeah. I think, 
you really spoke some uh, some great truth right there. And I, I do believe in therapy. I've been to therapists mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. all of that. And I think that's a, a great, you know, space, a safe place for people. But I, I see this renaissance of coaches and the coaching world exploding because I think people are taking their mess and turning it into their message and other people really can jive with that, right? It's, I think it's powerful what you're saying, right? Where someone can say, well, I'm not just going to tell you what to do or just simply listen, but I've been in those trenches. I've been there, done that. I know how you feel. That is so powerful, so powerful. So um, I, I love I love that specifically. So um, I, I'm curious how this relates to uh, like specifically entrepreneurs, right? So do you find that it's a certain personality type that comes to you for coaching and they just happen to be people that want to be entrepreneurs or you know, maybe what sort of made you gravitate towards that client specifically? Good question. I did not gravitate towards that client. They gravitated towards me. They chose me. Yeah. Um, and, and I've evolved over the years that I've been coaching. It wasn't always that way. I've evolved. And as I evolved and let go and healed who and what I attracted completely changed. Interesting. I like that. Why do you think that is? Well, because if you look at the map of consciousness, if you could Google the map of consciousness, 85% of the world's population is below the level 200. And that's below courage. It's 85%. They're in anxiety, fear, doubt, anger, apathy, overwhelm, rejection, abandonment. They're in this space. 85% of the world's population. 15% is above the line 200. If it wasn't for the 15%, the world would implode. That shows you how powerful the 15% is. But if if you're in the lower part of the box where most people are, then they're relegated to only attracting people in that energy field, right? Because we, we all have this invisible antenna that's sticking out of our forehead, right? We all have this antenna. And this antenna is connected basically to the map of consciousness, to your feelings, to your emotions. So you're actually transmuting your emotions. So I was transmuting from anger. Well, if you were violated for four years in a row and raped, you'd be pretty angry too. So I was transmuting from that place of anger, right? So I was, I was doing the right things. I was cordial. If we would meet, hi, Crystal, I'd give you a hug and I'm nice. And, but the, the, the energy that's transmuting was that anger energy. It was that violation energy. So even though I would welcome you, there was an energy that kept me, that, that would vi- violate you before you can violate me. That's anger. Anger is a violation energy. So I had a lot of unresolved anger from being raped when I was a little boy. Plus having a mother who didn't want me, who resented me for being born, um, who was not capable of giving love or receiving love. So I had that too, the rejection and abandonment trauma. Right, right. I'm thinking about what you said, how 85% of the world functions in that low vibration, right? And 
I think bingo, that really speaks to what is happening uh, in our country, on social mm. media. Mm. How, how can we expect people to engage in any sort of constructive conversation if everybody is coming from this place of anger and resentment and trauma and they haven't dealt with their own stuff, so to, so to speak, right? So, right. Um, <laughs> I mean, not that we're going to heal the world in one podcast, but, you know, <laughs> I guess what would maybe a viewer who's, who's saying like, I don't know, am I working or operating below that line, right? Am I in the 85% or am I in the 15%? How would somebody maybe recognize or start to recognize where they are on what side of the line they are? Rigorous honesty, rigorous honesty, looking at the events that shape your feelings. When I ask most people, how was your childhood? They say, oh, I, I had a great childhood. And I'll say, well, let's play the happy childhood game, right? Because when I speak of trauma, people go right to a death, a car accident, you know, a major disease. And yes, that is trauma. But trauma is also this, our basic human needs are, everybody from the time we're in our mom's womb till the day we die, our basic human needs are the same. An attachment to a mother and a father. I only had the attachment to one. Most of my clients had attachment to neither. Some of them had attachment to just one like me. So we seek attachment, we seek unconditional love, we seek to be seen, heard, recognized, and validated. And when those basic human needs are not met, that is trauma. If you had a divorce, you were a product of a divorce. If you came from an addicted home, if, if you had a, a mother or a parent who was emotionally unavailable, even though my mom was there physically to take care of me, she wasn't there in any other way. She didn't want me. She didn't like me. Hmm. You see, but the trauma for many of us begins in the womb. For, for, for a percentage of us, look at my situation. When, my mom, when I was inside my mom's stomach, the cortisol and the cardio cocktail that was going on in her head from the stress of not wanting the child inside her belly, I was already doomed before I came out. Hmm. You see, I not only look at what happened in your life, I look at what happened when you, to your mom when, she, when you were in her womb, because that has something to do with what's going on in your life now, except people don't go that deep. Right. Yeah. So I, I love what you're saying. Just people taking a moment to look at the situation, look at their life, look at their past and and not necessarily blaming or using that to perpetuate the victim mentality, right? So, so how do we go from that, right? Looking at our past and saying, okay, yeah, wow, my childhood probably wasn't perfect. I've been living a lie all these years. How do you go from that to, you know, that next step of empowerment, right? Like looking at, okay, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's about first understanding, okay, what are the events? What are the events and what are you doing now that you don't like? Are you behaving in ways 
In what ways are you behaving that you don't like? Do you feel like you're stuck? Do you feel like there's more and you just don't know how to get there? Right? It's like, I used to feel that way. You know, there's so much more and you, there's something in my way and I just don't know what it is. Hmm. Yeah, that I think is most people. Seems like- it Yes, it, it, yeah. it is most people, but most people also are in denial that they're in denial of it. Oh, it was like, I remember, I remember I built the second company I built network marketing was Isagenics. Great company. I made almost a half a million dollars in that company, right? And that, yeah, where you asked me what the first company I built was Isagenics. I forget where I, I forget where I was going with this. It's okay to have a, a, a little moment like this. Right. And and I would have these, I would have these ups and downs in the company, ups and downs. So these, this is what people experience. They have these great months and then these bad months and then these great months and then these bad months. That's because the antenna out of my, that was the, the message that was coming out of antenna was the violation energy and anger. So I would have these ups and downs, ups and downs. And I, I remember I would sit there and I would say, hmm, you know, I'm successful. I'm making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And I would look back at that particular molestation event. And I would say, yeah, that happened to me, but I'm okay. Look at me. I'm successful. Crystal, I was so fucking far from okay. Mm. Right. But this is what people do. People do what I did. I'm human. I'm human. Right. But I went through all of this. So I already know what my clients do because I've been through it all. So I would look back and I would say, yeah, I'm okay. And then I'd still have these ups and downs, ups and downs. And finally, Finally, the pain became great enough. Mm -hmm. It became great enough. And I, I had one voice in my shoulder saying, oh, stuck again, what, what is going on? And the other voice was saying, Joe, you know exactly what is going on. And I said, you know what? I am so fucking done with this. I am not going to live this way anymore. Boom. In that moment, it was the decision. The power of a decision, no way, no more. I was already making nice money from network marketing. I stepped back from it. I stopped building a business altogether. What was I building? I was having these ups and downs. What's the point? I took off completely, Crystal, and I focused on me. I focused on me. Now I had a family at the time. I still, I'm divorced. So I, but at the time I had a family. Most people would not have done that. I focused, it was all about me. It was all about me and my healing. That's what it was about. And when I took that step, when I made that commitment, when I said no more, when I made that decision, that's when everything, that's when everything turned like that, like that. And people, the people I was waiting for, they began to show up. They began to show up. The healers, all the people. I have quite the story in healing. Maybe that'll be another podcast. It will bring shivers. I'm getting chills right now thinking about the story. My journey in healing would bring shivers to anybody's spine. And I remember it distinctly. Yeah. But what I mean by they show up, Crystal, let me make that clear. There was a woman who reached out to me on LinkedIn. She was 
a first-class hypnotherapist. And we reached out, just connected on LinkedIn. She wanted to speak. And I said, her name was Gail. And we spoke and I wound up sharing this story with Gail. And she said, do you feel like you're fully healed from this? And I said, no, but I'm really close. She said, how would you like to coach with me? And I can, she, I said, I would love to. She said, I usually charge $350 an hour. But because I was called to you, I'm not going to charge you anything. That's what it means when they show up. And there's more stories like that. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I'm getting chills like that too. And I, I love that you are talking about that. Go all in on yourself because I work with so many people and I work more in, you know, the health coaching realm and people who want to, you know, lose weight or feel healthier. And that's, that's so surface level. That's not people's problems. Eating too much, not moving enough. I mean, those are on the surface, what is happening, right? But mm-hmm. all of the other stuff that they're carrying with them in life is really mm-hmm. what's holding them back, right? And I can lay out a nutrition plan. I can tell you what exercises to do, but if people don't work on the crap that's going on in their head and letting go of the shit that happened in the past, they're never going to create this new identity for themselves because they just don't see themselves that way, right? Whether they think they're not worthy of it or just whatever it is. So, so I, I love that. And, and I, I speak to this a lot that being you know, some people would look at that and say, oh, how selfish, right? To focus mm-hmm. on yourself, but how mm-hmm. selfless it really is. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. just speak to that for just a moment, like how, you know, going all in on yourself, like really opened up sort of this ability for you to show up in the world and be the best version of you, Joe. I was left with no choice, Crystal. I wasn't happy in many areas of my life. And I knew that if I didn't focus on me and only me, then I was never going to be able to do this. Because I had to look at things from that sexual trauma that most people would never want to look at. I had to look at why I attracted that violator. Now, I was a little boy. I, was, I, I, I first met him when I was nine years old. My via, he, this guy not only molested me, he molested the entire neighborhood of boys. It was like a fucking movie. It was like a movie. There were orgies in this guy's house. There were all of us young boys having orgies with this young guy, with this old guy in his basement. Right? Yeah. Right. So I had to look at why I attracted this man. Now, I don't want anybody to confuse attraction with fault. That wasn't my fault, but you have to, I had to look at why I attracted this violator. It was important to take a look at, right? So I had to dig, I had to really peel back the layers in areas where people would not want to peel back the layers, but that's what's required here. Whether it's sexual trauma, rejection, abandonment, trauma, getting rigorously honest about your parents, about your violators. More often than not, there are our parents, but oh, it's my mother. It's my father. What am I supposed to do? 
That's what I get. Oh, it's my mother. They're people. They're people just like everybody else. So, you know, as, as children, we tend to hold these, we tend to hold these, our parents, like they're, a, they're, this, they're, they're, they're our caretakers. They're people who are, who are responsible for us. So we tend to hold them so high up, right? But when it comes right down to it, they're people. Right, yeah. And how important it is to break that cycle because parents are like that because something happened to them more than likely their parents or their, you know, elders in their life. So at some point, someone has to break the cycle. Break the cycle. Yes. Yes. Trauma is multi-generational. What your grandparents did to your parents, your parents do to you. And my, my defense was like everybody else's. Well, what I, what I said to my mentor at the time and what people say to me, what I said was, oh, my mom did her best. And my mentor let me have it with that statement, right? No, he said, no, Joe, your mom did not do her best, nor did she do her worst. She did what she did because it's what she did and she doesn't know how to do anything else. And when I let that sink in, that was freedom. Mm. That was freedom for me. When, he, when my mentor said to me, Joe, just because she's your mother doesn't mean you have to love her. And I, it, was, it was a revelation because here's the thing. I was, I was disconnected with her from the time I was born. And I was always trying to get that connection, always trying to seek that approval from her, that unconditional love that I would never, ever get. But, but, I, but I kept on going back for more, which increased my addiction to my disappointment, my guilt, and my doubt, and my shame, right? But when he told me that I didn't have to love her, what I finally realized is I never loved her. Now, this might be hard for a lot of people to hear, but this is rigorous honesty, baby. This is where I live, right? I live in rigorous honesty. So when I realized I didn't have to love her, I finally realized that I never even liked her. I realized that I fucking hated her, right? But this was, this was oh my God, the lights in the stadium came on, right? But people say, just forgive, just forgive. All you have to do is forgive. I say, bullshit. Here's why I say bullshit. You can't just forgive and, and step over all the emotions that you've been pushing down your whole life from this situation, right? So I first had to step into that place of, hey, you know, it's okay that I feel this way. I was feeling liberated. I don't like my mother. I never loved my mother. I hate my mother. This is great. I got the truth. But I had to step into that. And then once I was able to step into that and own that, then I was able to cross the bridge to forgiveness. But to be able to leave those feelings where they were and not honor that within myself, right? That's, that would have been the mistake. But to be able to embrace that, to be able to step into that place of rigorous honesty, now I'm at the point where... I know I never loved her and I never liked her. I don't hate her. I forgive her. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. a powerful story. Yes. And that's the key is acknowledging and then accepting and then acting, you know, like not just living in that space of, oh, well, here's all these people I don't like and here's why I hate them. And I can feel powerful because now I own the fact that I hate all these people, right? Because that's not where we want to live either. So, right. you know, I, I love that you, you talk about, you know, stepping into it and then stepping over it. And you didn't do that on your own, obviously. You did it with a, a coach, a mentor, uh, you know, a support system around you. So uh, in these last few minutes, I just want to kind of speak to that a little bit, the importance of finding someone to walk you through that. And then if someone is listening to this, I'm sure there are people who are going to watch and listen to this that are just completely enamored with your energy, Joe, and want to work with you. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that, the importance of having someone walk you through that process and then how they can walk through that process with you. I, I feel like, I mean, a coach accelerates things. Uh, a coach will show you things that you can't see. I shine, I can see around corners. I can see around corners. I can tell by your communication style, what your traumas were, because that's the way I was trained. That's the way I was trained. I can hear what is meant by what is said. And I, and I also, through my healing, I, I see things. Like I can, I get flashes of what happened in, in my people's lives. I'll get short flashes and, and, I'll, and I'll share it with them. So that the healing has opened me up to this intuitiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to have someone. Look, like you said, traditional therapy, it's great. People, people should do it. But if you really want to get the job done, I'm the guy that people come to when therapy doesn't work because I treat it as an addiction. Because if, it, if, you, if your habits weren't an addiction, you wouldn't keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, just like a drug addict, which by the way, I was a drug addict too. Let me, let me add that. But the, the coach shortens the, shortens the time. It shortens the learning curve. Because if you get with somebody you can see around corners, well, they can help you and they can guide you. Yeah, absolutely. hundred thousand percent. Absolutely. Love it. And a lot of people out there who are coaching have also been coached. So I think it's important that people realize that too, right? Like you said, it wasn't just like you opened a book one day and said, oh, this is what I want to do with my life, right? You right. walk through that process so that you can walk someone else through that process. So uh, Joe, just tell, let's tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you. I mean, of course, I'll, I will link all this information in this episode as well, but I just love for you to say that. Absolutely, Crystal. People can check out my website and schedule a call with me at joedbianca.com. They can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, Joe DeBianca. I'm very easy to find on social media. And I do offer 30-minute free discovery calls where I give insight to people about the, the blockages and the emotional blocks that they have in their life that they absolutely cannot see. Awesome. Yes. Go do that, people. Go follow Joe. Schedule your call. Go to his website, check him out. Um, you won't be sorry. There's lots of great inspiration and, and just your energy. It's how can you have a bad day when you watch one of your videos? I don't even know. So <laughs> 
Uh, I thank you, Joe. I honor you for being here. And just like you said, being so open and honest, that's how you are. But I appreciate you bringing that into this space with me and sharing all this with our audience. And yeah, hopefully we can connect again. Thank you, Crystal. It's been amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. If someone you love would benefit from this message, please, please share this podcast with them. And if you want more out of your life, not just surviving every day, but you want to truly thrive, visit me at crystallizedhealthadvisors.com or on Facebook to schedule your free dream strategy call with me today. Do not hesitate any longer. Life is short and I want you to truly live the playful life. I will see you next time and as always, stay playful.